The time is 4.30. Thanks so much for tuning in to KDNK. It's 30 degrees and mostly cloudy here in Carbondale. It's time for Ask a Vet. On the line today, we've got vet tech Darren Hauser and Dr. Jen Davis from Alpine Animal Hospital in Carbondale. Good afternoon. How are you two? Doing great, thanks. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you two take it from here, and um, yeah, looking forward to the show. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, well, as our uh, wonderful host just introduced, um, my name is Darren. I'm the veterinary nurse here at Alpine Animal Hospital, and with me today I have Dr. Jen Davis. Hello, all. Um, and today we are talking about. It's kind of a somber. Um, discussion today. Uh, November is National Pet Cancer Awareness Month, um, and today we're kind of talking about um, cancers in pets and, you know, what we can do as far as early detection, um, if there's any preventions available, and all that stuff. Um, this is a call-in show, so you can go ahead and give us a call here if you have any veterinary-related questions. Um, the number is 970-963-2976. Um, so, Dr. Davis, what would you say is the most common kind of cancer that we're seeing in pets? Huh. Well, we see a lot more cancer now, which is unfortunate, but one of the reasons that we see so many cancers now is our pets are actually living longer and longer, longer than they ever have before. And sorry, I'm just going to jump in real quick. Um, we're having a tough time hearing you two, and we've got our volume all the way up here. So I wonder if there's anything you two can do to turn up the volume on um, on your end or just speak louder. Yeah, I think we can also get closer. Um, so Darren was asking about um, types of cancers that we're seeing in pets. And I was saying that we're seeing a lot more cancer in pets um, because our pets are living longer. And that's that's good. But with living longer... Um, comes some breakdown of cellular functions that result in cancer. So um, we do see same cancers that in humans get. We see them in our pets. So skin cancers, uh, bone cancers, lung cancers, uh, lymphoma. Leukemias are common in people, not as common in pets. So, But anything that humans get, animals can get as well. Gotcha. Um, and just to clarify, that means that we can get the same type, but we can't get it from them, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Cancers are not uh, not contagious. Thank so. goodness. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So I guess one that I have, you know, worked with here quite a bit was lymphoma. Um, what percentage of pets would you say is kind of affected by lymphoma? Um, I don't know if I have an exact percentage, but there are breeds that are definitely higher represented uh, with lymphoma. That'd be your golden retrievers, uh, your Labradors. <clears throat> Cats tend to get lymphoma in their intestines. That's a, one of the two most common uh, cancers that feline patients will get. So um, breed-specific would be golden retrievers. Uh, get a lot of lymphoma, but really, I've probably seen lymphoma in every <clears throat> every one of our canine breeds, including mixed breeds. Gotcha. Cool. You actually just covered that one question. 
Um, the next question was, are doodles affected? And that would be yes, yes unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Um, how do we usually, just for the audience out there, how do we usually detect things like lymphoma or, well, let's start with, with lymphoma because I feel like they're all different. Yeah. Um, so as a specific cancer, lymphoma can usually presents with swollen lymph nodes. Mm -hmm. So we get a lot of, hey, my dog feels fine, but I've noticed they have these, you know, swelling underneath their chin. That's usually kind of the tip-off. And so they have lymph nodes in very predictable places, underneath their jaw, the back of their knees, um, and in their neck. <clears throat> and so... Yeah, we can sample the lymph nodes, send it out to the lab, and then we, you know, get our diagnosis. <clears throat> um, lymphoma is very is a very treatable cancer, so that's a you don't want your pets to get cancer, but that's one that we can actually get some really good quality time <clears throat> with them. So back to your statistics, um, there are some studies out that say. One in four of our canine patients will present with cancer at some point in their life, and one in five cats um, will present. And those are usually older animals, which is good. We don't see a lot of juvenile cancers in dogs and cats, which is which is great. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's fairly rare for our younger patients to get it. It's not unheard of, right. unfortunately. But, yeah. Um, and lymphoma... What what treatments are we looking at? Is it like chemotherapy, radiation therapy? Yeah, so lymphoma is a medical disease. It's not a surgical disease, so we don't take any lymphoma patients to surgery. Um, there is, and this is true, actually, a point that I wanted to make sure everyone out there listening knows, um, treatment for your pet ranges from from doing nothing um, all the way to bone marrow transplants and, and things like that. So, and any of those decisions anywhere on that treatment spectrum is appropriate. It's just a conversation for you to have with your veterinarian and your family and your pet and conversation with your pet. Um, you know, just taking everything into consideration, what's going to work best for everyone. And there's no right or wrong um, choices to make when you're faced with a diagnosis of cancer. Uh, lymphoma is very um, amenable to chemotherapy. So that's usually the, the gold standard is a 16-week protocol of injectable chemotherapy. There's a week or two here and there with just an oral therapy. Um, steroids are a part of that. Doing just steroids. We have some animals have some really, really good times. Um, just to play off that, so yeah, lymphoma treated medically. There's no surgery um, yeah. for lymphoma because you have lymph nodes everywhere in your body. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, things that are surgical, other cancers we can talk about, um, bone cancer. So mm -hmm. osteosarcoma is unfortunately a not uncommon cancer. Um, can happen in any size or breed of dog, more common in large breed dogs for sure. So those are bone tumors. Um, those are painful. So I think one of our big goals with bone cancers in dogs, um, anything that we're going to do is to make them more comfortable. 
So bone cancers are a surgical disease. Uh, removing the offended, offending piece of bone or limb is recommended, not only as a treatment plan, but also as a pain management plan, because if it's not there, it's not hurting anymore. So, yeah, big dogs, Great Danes, um, unfortunately. I think we're going to use that word a lot here, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, your Labradors, your Golden Retrievers, um, Greyhounds are all overrepresented for that type of cancer. So. Yeah, it's kind of a, like we were saying, it's a bit of a somber discussion today, but I definitely think that it's it's important for people to know that, yeah. you know, our options aren't just the saddest option out there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do like that you mentioned about um, doing nothing versus going all the way up to bone marrow. Um, in that doing nothing, we I feel like we usually do the, you know, keep them comfortable mm -hmm. until yeah. we, we as the, you know, meaning family, um, feel ready, which can take a while. Yeah. But um, there's definitely, I'll echo saying that there's definitely no no right or wrong answer, um, it, or no wrong answer, excuse me. Because um, after all, I feel like our clients know know their little friends better than we do, um, since they're with them all the time. Um, and then as far as, um, I did want to mention chemotherapy in pets, because in the... In the moment, um, when you're getting a lot of information about a diagnosis of cancer and we start laying out treatment options, a lot of pet owners, um, their eyes get glazed over and I can see them pulling away from me at the mention of chemotherapy for a pet because they've been through it with a human. And chemotherapy in a pet looks a lot different than it does in humans. So in human chemotherapy, human oncology, that field, the goal is a cure. So they are they are cure at uh, at the expense of quality of your life during your treatment. So a lot of people have seen loved ones or they themselves have gone through a very, very difficult and uncomfortable course. Um, clinical course with their medical treatment of their cancers. And I really want to stress that that is not our goal with pets. So we like to dampen down their disease while they still feel okay. So we're very much motivated by their quality of life and not their quantity of life. Um, un unfortunately, again, a lot of times when we catch cancers in animals and diagnose, they are um, they're pretty far into their into their stage. You know, a lot of animals that we see are are considered you know a stage four of where a human is. It's in the place where it is. It's our it's metastasized or um, so. Unfortunately, they are advanced a lot of times when we get them. So our cure rates are, are not as high as in human medicine. Um, so we do focus on pain management, anti-nausea medications, um, making them feel well. I always say their chemo is kind of meant to make them feel better from their cancer um, than they would be without any treatment at all. So 
And then my mantra, Darren's probably heard me say this, is just because you start chemo with a pet doesn't mean you have to finish chemo with a pet. So when you're given a 16-week protocol, um, once weekly, you know, medications for your pets, if weeks one and two don't go great and week three is terrible, then we can just be done. <laughs> so it's that's not what we're about. So we don't look at the end game if the during the game is not going well for your pet. So please know that um, you're not signing. It's a week by week commitment that you're making um, as far as treatment goes. Yeah, I definitely. I'll, I'll kind of emphasize that focus of quality of life versus quantity because quantity definitely does not equal quantity or quality, excuse me. So I, you know, we have seen those one or two cases that they're in remission, they're doing great, they're happy, healthy, excited, as healthy as they can be, I should say. Um, so those are kind of the, the, the diamond in the rough for sure. They're really nice to see sometimes. Yeah. Um, and even the ones that we don't necessarily, you know, go through the whole whole chemotherapy or we don't, you know, go super long, seeing their quality of life increase, I, I think, is really nice for the pet and for the owners. Yeah. Even if we can improve it for a month, you know, I'd rather have a pet have a, a great last month with you than six not so great months. So, exactly. And it can be hard to wrap your head around um, those decisions of, of what to do. There's also a significant financial burden um, with treating your pet with cancer, and there's no judgment or shame in that, and I think that's just part of the conversation. You know, for our family, does the financial burden of taking care of our pet's cancer, does that fit in with our financial plan for our family. So yeah. I think that's a really, really important um, conversation to be to have. I think that when we mention quality of life, too, I think that's also the family's quality of life, too, mm -hmm. um, keeping that conversation. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. Quality of life is pet and family. So, yes, you have to remember that your well-being is also <clears throat> important um, when you are dealing with your sick pet. So, exactly. Yeah. Well, real quick, I just wanted to put a reminder out there uh, for everyone who's listening. This is a call-in show, so if you have any questions related to veterinary medicine, our topic today, or just anything in general with veterinary medicine, um, you can go ahead and give us a call. We'd be happy to answer your questions. That number to reach us here is 970-963-2976. Um, so kind of steering away from the lymphoma, the medically managed um, cancers, um, let's say we have a client that says, you know, my dog has a lump on its chest. Um, is that cancer? Is it a tumor? Um, what is your kind of, I guess, spiel um, when you're talking to people about a tumor versus a mass versus oh. cancer? So back to back to school here. Um, your immune system takes care of cells that um, go rogue. I say so. Every day we have cells that are doing things that your immune system will pick up on, and your immune system will go in and 
kill those cells and you never know anything was different. So, but sometimes these cells will escape your immune system and they start growing and dividing and dividing and dividing. And when that happens locally, um, it turns into a mass or a tumor. So we classify tumors as benign or malignant. Um, Benign tumors tend to just stay where they are. They tend to be slow growing and they don't travel to distant parts of your body. So if you have a benign tumor of your skin on your chest, it is not going to travel through your bloodstream and set up shop in your lungs. So that's metastasizing. So benign tumors don't do that. They also tend to not invade local tissues. So if you have a skin tumor, benign skin tumor on your chest, it kind of stays right there in your skin on your chest. It doesn't invade down into your fascia and your fat and your muscle. Um, Benign tumors um, can still be troublesome. So if you have a benign tumor in an unfortunate place, yeah. so let's say you have a benign tumor in your brain, mm-hmm. it doesn't have anywhere to go. So yeah. even if it just kind of wants to sit there and barely grow, it can cause a lot of problems. Yeah. If you have a benign tumor that wants to sit and grow in the fat in your armpit, um, as a dog, that can cause some problems. You know, yeah. it can cause some gating abnormalities. So Benign tumors can be troublesome, but they do not metastasize and they don't invade other local tissue. So malignant tumors are the opposite. They do like to travel to the bloodstream, through the bloodstream, and set up shop somewhere else. Um, They also do invade into other tissues around them. And so that's where we use the word cancer. So cancer and malignancy are kind of interchangeable. Malignant tumors are classified as cancer. So uh, we can't usually tell if something is benign or malignant um, as much as we would like to just by looking at them. Your veterinarian is uh, 99 times out of 100 going to recommend taking a sample of of the tumor. Uh, Sometimes we'll just take a small sample with a needle. We'll look at it under the microscope um, or send it out to a pathologist. Um, at a lab for diagnosis. Sometimes we can't tell from that sample and we actually need to take a biopsy um, or a piece of the tumor, send that into the lab for diagnosis. Um, If it's benign, you're kind of home free. You know, those are kind of okay to sit and watch for changes. On very few occasions, we can have malignant changes to a benign tumor. So even if you've gotten a diagnosis of something's benign, it is always recommended that we recheck that um, if there's any change in texture, if it's bleeding where it previously wasn't, if it's bothering your pet where it previously wasn't, um, rechecking is a good idea. If you do get a diagnosis of a malignancy, your vet will likely want to uh, stage, um, stage your pet Uh, before you make any big decisions um, about anything. So has it spread? Um, We'll do chest x-rays. We can do abdominal ultrasound and make sure we don't see anything else, you know, any any other distant sites that look like they may have something growing. Um, Blood work will also recommend that we do 
not necessarily because we're looking for cancer on your pet's blood work, but making sure their organ function, is there anything else we need to know that's going on before we make decisions to move forward with a big surgery or chemotherapy? Um, everyone always asks if we can have a blood test for cancer. And the, the answer is not really. Um, the only cancers that show up on blood work are leukemias. So those are of our, our blood cell lines. So um, red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets, that'll show up on blood work. Um, the other labs just kind of give us a better idea of organ function. There's clues on scanning, screening blood work, um, but no, there is no cancer tests that we can run. Yeah, I feel like doing those lab panels usually give us kind of that, that big picture mm -hmm. of, you know, in the scope of things. Is this cancer the biggest issue that we need to tackle? If so, are we healthy enough? I yeah. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, one that kind of came to mind is a mast cell tumor. Um, do we kind of do those ones a little backwards? Yeah, so mast cell tumors, that's a actually a really common skin tumor of dogs and cats, not very common in humans. So. Um, with that, we will recommend removing it, sending it to the lab. The lab does two things for us. They tell us um, how bad the tumor is in the case of a mast cell tumor. And more importantly, they also tell us about the margins. So I, as a human, just got my first Mohs procedure last week, and they you sit there. Have you ever had one? No. So I had a little skin tumor on my leg, and they took some off, and they sent it to the lab, and I sat there and waited. So they told me whether they got it all, and they didn't, and I had to go back again, and they cut a little more out. And So we don't do that with pets. <laughs> um, we take margins. We take wide surgical margins on skin tumors, um, submit them to the lab, and then they'll tell us um, if we have left any behind. If we do, then there's options. More surgery, there's radiation, all the things that uh, that humans go through. So yeah, mast cell tumors are backwards. Then we get a grade. Grade ones, you're home free. Grade threes, then we go looking for metastasis. Yeah. So luckily those are uncommon. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And just out of maybe a little facetiousness, what about a grade two? Yeah, they're all grade twos. So um, grade two with clean margins, we just monitor the area for regrowth. Grade two with dirty margins or incomplete margins, uh, we will go back, recut. Um, we can do radiation on the area. Some, some skin tumors are in places where we don't have enough skin to remove them. So, And there's new treatments coming out. All the time, we have a new injectable treatment for those mast cell tumors on the oh. lower limbs of dogs. Um, we have another new oral um, drug for lymphoma that owners can give at home. So it's it's out there. The treatments are they're changing all the time, and we have so many more options than we used to, which is exciting. Um, and another thing we haven't talked about. There is an entire um, veterinary specialty um, in oncology. Mm -hmm. So when you are talking about cancer with your pet's 
regular veterinarian, um, they will always offer you the option of travel in our area traveling um, to a university or a specialty center, um, and your pet can have their very own oncologist, and that is all they do. So, um, clinical trials are also done at university and specialty centers. So. Those often will help people who want to do something for their pet but may not have the finances to do it. Uh, there may be some clinical trials that your pet can be, become involved in. That's pretty awesome. Honest, if I had a pet and had the, and it was within my means, I, I feel like it would be pretty cool and helpful to have, you know, be a part of helping other pets. Yeah, yeah. So. There's also at universities, treating your pet through a university, um, most veterinary oncologists have relationships with human oncologists and the, um, they work very closely. So drugs that we're trying out on our um, canine and feline patients, um, we can extrapolate into, into human studies and hopefully help with human medicine as well. Well, Dr. Davis, we have run out of time. Wow, that went by so fast. I know, right? Well, thank you all for tuning in. Um, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Vet tech Darren Hauser and Dr. Jen Davis from Alpine Animal Hospital with Ask the Vet. Stay tuned. All Things Considered is coming up at 5.00.